Welcome to episode 119 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason. You found the show where I talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, I talk to Tammy and Greg from the Paper Canoe Company. And I'm not going to give away too much, but I have a feeling you may know who Tammy is. And we'll get into that a little bit. But that's not why we're talking. We're talking because they have a brand new record out. It's called Beanstalk Jack, which is the story of Jack and the Beanstalk, but told in a much different way through a lot of original and unique and great music. And the clip that you just heard was actually a song from the Beanstalk Jack album. It's the first track and it's called Beanstalk Jack. And if you like that little snippet of it, if you stay tuned all the way to the end, you can hear the full song all the way through. And before we get to Tammy and Greg, and I know I really want to hear what they have to say too. uh, I had to check in with Uncle D because uh, Uncle D's moving. He's been living in Chicago for a number of years, and now he's moving to Louisville. And And I talked to him, you know, because it, it's interesting to compare my weekends uh, with Uncle D. So we talked about uh, what he was doing a couple weekends ago and, and what I was doing. And um, and this is funny. It's funny. It's fun. You know, it's fun to talk to my brother. <laughs> it's really fun. Anyhow, here comes the way it was with Uncle D, where we compare weekends, me as a almost many-year-old with three kids under the age of eight and him as a newlywed with a dog baby or a puppy, as some people call it. And we compare our weekends. Okay. All right. And then right after that, Greg and Tammy from the paper canoe company. Thanks for listening. Talk to you at the end of the show. The way it was with What are you doing? Uh, I'm working. It's a work day. Not all. Not all of us get to have leisurely Fridays. <laughs> uh, I gotta take. I gotta take the dog to the groomer. Oh, you a, better. What, do you have to? Does your dog baby need to be in like very special, like stylistic, like groomed nature right now for a specific reason? No, it's just that if you wash him, it takes unless like you have like an industrial dryer, it takes him <laughs> eight to twelve hours to dry. Because he's because so <laughs> he's a very hairy dog. Extremely hairy. Why? So why take him to the groomer? Do they have an industrial dryer? Yeah, that's like what they do. Could you take him to the car wash and use that dryer? Um. I guess <laughs> oh, I'm going to report you to the dog, the dog baby association of oh, America and look, say that there, you're, there's look. a vacuum going, there's a vacuum like 25 feet away. Yeah. He's out. What, what does he do when he freaks out? I see him. He's on the couch. <laughs> he's just on the couch shaking. <laughs> the vacuum's going to attack him like an alligator. It probably will. Vacuums are very scary. 
Um, you don't you don't need uh you don't need to take your dog baby to be groomed so that he doesn't get in trouble with his his dog mother-in-law for being unkempt. oh no that's that's why <laughs> it's why nobody knows he's getting groomed <laughs> but if i don't do it and i'm bringing him to see his his uh his dog mother-in-law his dog well his dog yeah and, his and dog carly, grandma his dog grandma and carly and if they see if they could see him right now, <laughs> I bet if you brought him there and you took and our our grandma, who uh-huh. you remember one time, our grandma actually cut my hair because I, I I looked a little a little rough around the edges. <laughs> what did it did it look like? You potentially couldn't be led into Canada. It looked like if I had tried to cross a border, I would have been. There would have been some questions asked. Well, that's not good. That's not good. Um, so you're. Uh, I've heard that you're. Um, you're home alone right now, except for the I'm home baby. alone. I'm home alone. Damn. Home alone, Uncle D. So, um, how is it different being home alone than when uh, the incredible Auntie C is there? Well, um, all I have in my fridge is uh, rotting lettuce. <laughs> salad dressing (laughs) for the rotting lettuce greek yogurt (laughs) and uh miller lights that's all i have he's very scared do you need to go snuggle with your dog baby who's scared of him no you can't pay attention to him when they're like that because that makes them think it's okay yeah just like with kids when they get scared you just leave them alone (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like some good stuff advice right there He's a grown-up now. He's nine months old. Oh, he's basically how? Oh, here's a here's a question. I'm gonna put you on the spot. How old is nine months old in dog years? If you were a true dog dad, you'd know this right away. I have I have no idea. <laughs> I'm gonna need to talk to the dog dad credential givers and take your dog dad license away. I think it's an uh, this, interesting this pick. good this good stuff interview is really taking a turn. It's taken. This is a wide ranging, very wide ranging interview. We talked about paprika we talked yeah. about how, what you have in your fridge what you're gonna do this weekend um all right well have a good weekend have a good drive i think if your dog baby needs to stop and go to the bathroom don't stop i won't stop don't stop all right <laughs> bye uncle d It is totally amazing to welcome Tammy and Greg from the Paper Canoe Company to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you doing this morning? We're great. Thanks We're for having so us. So good, Mike. Thanks for having us. Uh, totally. It's no problem. We um, we already started talking a little bit about where we are geographically. You guys are in Brooklyn, New York, home of the Artisan Pickle and various other delicious <laughs> treats. And I'm here in the Bay Area and we uh, spent some time comparing notes and things like that. But what but that's not what's important that's not why we're here we're here to talk about the paper canoe company and before we get to that one of my favorite things to do on this podcast is to hear a little bit about where you all are coming from that got you to this point so um so why don't we start with you tammy um you you may sometimes be recognized on the street for a particular thing that you did in your past so maybe tell us a little bit about that and and what you've been up to kind of since then sure well, um, I was fortunate enough to be cast as the childlike empress in The NeverEnding Story when I was 10 years old. Um, and at that time, I was actually living in the Bay Area. 
Uh, and I loved acting and was really, really excited to be in the film. It was an amazing experience. Um, but it actually, um, in the 80s, celebrity for a kid was a pretty complicated um, set of uh, kind of waters to navigate through. And so um, I ended up pursuing dance um, after The NeverEnding Story and found my way to, to New York where I uh, formed a dance company. But acting has always stayed close to my heart. And I kept on finding myself in plays. Uh-huh. <laughs> And I ended up in a theater company for many years uh, called The Flying Machine. And somehow um, I couldn't quite shake the need to get back to some acting. And a lot of the dance work I do with my company is what people call dance theater. So there's dancing, but it also has a lot of theatrical vignettes to it. Mm -hmm. And then with the birth of my daughter, I really wanted to take 20 years of art making experience in a variety of different fields and bring them all together and just create family content that I would be really excited about sharing with my daughter, with her friends and with other people's kids. Mm -hmm. Um, It just felt natural to want to funnel all the different things that I had been working on for that purpose. Nice. That uh, great. So that's a great place to pause because then we can get into the into the you know the paper canoe company in a little bit. But first, Greg, how about you? Where where are you coming from? What's your angle? Well, you know, I had a, a pretty different journey in a way. I I grew up on the East Coast in in the D.C. bubble inside the kind of political machine in a way, and uh, I knew I didn't want to do that. So uh, pretty early on in my life, uh, I found myself in a Shakespeare play, and um, you know, the first moment that I was on stage, something disastrous happened that was like terrible and almost stopped the show. And the very first moment of the Tempest, you know, oh no, <laughs> it was like I was like 13, 14 years old. And I, I thought to myself, like in that moment, I was like, I don't ever want to do anything else. Uh, this, this is it, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> so it was weird. Yeah. So it's like this. It's, I don't you know, we don't need to go into it, but this like catastrophic thing, you're like, Oh, this is for me <laughs> without putting words yeah, in their mouth. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know whether that was like the adrenaline or, you know, the storytelling or the bright lights or whatever it was. It just uh, it really connected with something in me. And I was like, I definitely want to be an actor. Uh-huh. So, you know, uh, I, I, I pursued that. I went to New York and I trained as an actor at New York University and. Um, you know, I got out of that program and had had a pretty successful career on the stage as a New York stage actor. Uh-huh. And um, that's an amazing work. It's super fun work. And it's a hugely difficult kind of um, profession to be in. And over the years, you know, much like Tammy, when we kind of met doing one of those shows, and, uh, you know, when we had Maya, it was it was it was kind of a just a natural evolution. We were like, well, how can we take all of those storytelling things that we learned how to do you know, in a theater and apply it to uh, stories that are really like stuff you'd want to enjoy as a family together. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where the Paper Canoe Company idea was born, um, partly because, you know, here we are in Williamsburg. We're sort of part of a trend, I guess. And, you know, 15 years ago, nobody had kids in Williamsburg. And now everybody has kids right. in Williamsburg, just sort of like get run over by a strollerville. <laughs> uh, so... We started just really thinking about like what kinds of stuff would we, what kinds of you know stories and and you know ways of telling a story would we really want to have as parents? And there's a lot of great stuff out there, obviously, a lot of great music, 
Um, but then there's also a lot of stuff that we don't really connect with as a family. And so we wanted to start to make stuff that was more in line with how, you know, how we think about kind of family, family entertainment in a way. And, uh, the, the bottom line for us was it's gotta be great for the parents as well as for the kids. That's really key for us. But then also we like stuff that really, um, provokes everyone to imagine you know, you kind of have to fill in the story yourself and do a little bit of work yourself. And that that's sort of, I guess, the hallmark of what we do. And, you know, I, you know, part of that dream for me was to see if I could use, you know, music as a way of telling a story. That's something that I love to do kind of early in my life and got away from. And so this is the, you know, the project that we made uh, sort of right out of the gate was, was really the fulfillment of a lifelong dream in a way. So yeah. that's, that's kind of, Paper Canoe Company came from and the idea of, you know, making making music. Right. So great name, first of all, Paper Canoe Company. So w- well done on that. What was so what was the... to come up with those names, by the way? What's that? We had, uh, we had a hard time finding a name. It was very funny. Uh-huh. We uh-huh. when we banded together to kind of start this idea, we landed this pretty um, wonderful residency at the New Victory Theater, which is a Broadway theater. And they were trying to develop, um, uh, you know, high quality um theater for young people. And, and a lot of that's not funded very well in the U.S. And so most of the work that they show on their stage comes from Australia and Europe. Oh, interesting. So they were trying to find, yeah, some local people who might be interested in, in creating family entertainment. So we lucked into that residency, but we didn't Didn't have have a name. name. (laughs) And, um, and at the time we were sort of a collection that we were we were working with a collection of people who'd been in this theater company that we'd been in called the flying machine that ended up dissolving and so as a joke we called ourselves tail section because the people at the back of the plane are the ones that drive the crash uh-huh. <laughs> and so you know the people that ran the new victory theater called us and they're like you know we're going to announce in the times like like the people that we selected and you really can't be called tail section. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a little, it's skew, so, skews a little dark. <laughs> so we just, you know, agonized over the name and it's, it took us a while. Yeah. First we got it wrong. And then finally, when we, when we came up with paper canoe, there were so many things about it that we just love the idea of like something simple that you transform into a vessel that can go anywhere in your imagination. And we're like, Oh, that's it. It was yeah. just like fully what we were, yeah. So thank you yeah, no, <laughs> for totally. balancing that journey. It, it's great. I mean, and I think that it's like there's this um, – okay, I'm going to go off on a li- mild tangent and, and just to tell you like what I conjured up in my mind. I was thinking about like, oh, what it's like to be a kid and like to have this like organic experience of – making a paper canoe like at the lake or the pond or whatever, the creek, and, and you send it yeah. on its way. And, and like theater – is real life, right? You're seeing real people in front of you. So maybe like that was the connection that I made. Like this is like a real life discovery experience. So maybe that, I don't know that cool. I may have just gone off the deep end. Yeah. Well, no, that, I my, love it. That's yeah. exactly it. Nice. My, uh, my four year old is, is making a mild guest appearance. So hold on one second. What, what, what do you need? Okay. You can play with your shopping cart, but can you go into the family room? All right. See you later. Okay. Um, sorry. Okay. So I'll edit that. Um, but speaking of organic, this is why I do. This is why I like to do what I do. Because, that might happen on our end too. Yeah. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Cool. So okay. So Paper Canoe Company looks like you have you have the Beanstalk Jack project, which seems like it's the the most recent. But th- there's a few other things that you all have have done in the past. Can you give us like a brief overview of what those are? 
Yeah, so I'll, I'll dive in, you know, uh, take back a couple of years, maybe like three or four years even. Um, doesn't seem like that long ago, but I guess it is. Uh, you know, we had one of like Snowmageddon. We had like, I don't know, 40 inches of snow or something really crazy in New York, and we were stuck in our loft for uh-huh. about a week. And mm-hmm. um, somewhere in the early part of that, you know, started to go a little bit stir crazy. Like this, this idea popped into my head of doing the Aesop's fables, uh, with sock puppets and calling it Aesop's fables. And I was like, well, that's, that's, that's good. You know? Yeah. That's, that's genius. <laughs> that is high, a truly high genius level. Well done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's the kind of thing that happens in the, you know, during Snowmageddon, you know? Yeah. So actually that week, what I did was I, I just wrote like a really fast, you know, pretty, you know, basic script. And, um, by the end of the week we filmed it like on green screen with like a little, you know, some scenes, you know, scenic elements and sock puppets that we made literally, you know, out of old socks. (laughs) And, uh, it was fun. It was like, wow, this is really cool. You know, my film buddy came by and we actually like put some cool backgrounds on the green screen. It was great. So, Uh so then I was like, okay, that's was super fun. And, but what do we really do? We really make theater, you know, that's kind of our go-to thing. So we, we kind of banged out a, a second version of that that was a little bit more, uh, I don't know, fully realized. And, you know, we ran it here locally in Williamsburg for a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first couple of shows, there was nobody there. And we thought, I'm, you know, Greg's crazy and I should probably quit. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, <laughs> over, over the course of like doing it in a couple different venues over several months, it became like, you know, I, I, it's not a blockbuster, but it was like a sleeper hit, you know, in Williamsburg mm-hmm. where people were showing up two, three, four, five times with their kids and we were selling out. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, it was awesome. We had yeah. this amazing, yeah. amazing, uh, you know, guitar player playing with us and we were doing songs and he was actually turned out to be a puppet maker. So the whole thing was like totally fun magic. So yeah. that was like first like show when we were kind of you know, we made it happen, which was, uh, that's really the first question is, can you take an idea and actualize it? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, you can get stopped in the middle, but we actually were able to get to the finish line. So that felt pretty great. And it was also cute because there's sort of endless puns with sock oh, yeah. profession. <laughs> so we, like the stickers to get in, uh-huh. you could choose to be a sock arena or you could be a sock robot from sock to soleil or you <laughs> Be a sockware engineer if you're <laughs> that type. I mean, you could be a secretary if you just want to keep your life simple, a soccer mom. Yeah, like uh-huh. really. And so we made all these like different professions of socks, and then kids would like choose them, and it was just so much fun. That's and awesome. then That's great. parents would send us videos of their kids making like their own sock puppets and making shows, and so. It was such a nice way to connect with the community and um, bring the sort of, and there's so many parents in our neighborhood, but everyone's so busy in New York that um, it really did kind of create a sense of community, which was really fun. Well, yeah. And that's a beautiful thing in a big city, you know, to, yeah. to, to have people coming back over and over. And I'm sure they met other people like that's like one of those nice, like sort of organic offshoots that you can't. You can't predict. That's a really cool piece of this. Yeah, and you know, we full disclosure, like we were not. There's a there's an incredible community of puppet people here in New York City, and uh-huh. we we were not starting from that. We were starting from people who are pretty like, you know, ground floor on the puppet side. Uh-huh. So we wow. got some help too. As sort of people came by to watch the third, they're like, "What if, what if you did this?" You know? <laughs> yeah. They like, improved 
Yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun because we got response from the creative community as well. Yeah, sock puppets are you know they're they're not fashionable. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, but they're not fashionable. But I I assume you took it to like a, an incredible level. You know, the kids. I mean, what was so cool is that a sock is so ordinary. Yeah, right? they feel totally comfortable with a sock, and they'll just start talking to the socks during the show. You know. They and, really thought the socks were alive. Yeah, it was oh, man. It was so great. I mean, there's oh, stuff so great. a million years you couldn't plan would happen, you know, because the kids were just free to be like, they were literally just, you know, shouting at the show. It was perfect. It was so fun. That's oh, so great. Um, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So then after that, what what was the project to that followed that? Okay, well, yeah, so... so the, and that was for littler kids. That yeah. was part two, yeah. yeah. We had another project that we uh, were working on that we're still working on in a way. Um, I think that it was called Light, a Dark Comedy. Uh And that was the one that we did the residency at New Victory for. And it's a beautiful, epic kind of story, sci-fi, dystopian. Um, I love sci-fi dystopians. (laughs) That sounds like all the books that I've enjoyed reading over the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's dark, literally, <laughs> it's a world uh-huh. without light where, um, there is a, a kind of genius, um, scientist who, uh, uh, wants to help people sleep because the world has gotten so busy and so overproductive and everyone's constantly being forced to, you know, be active and productive. And there basically there was light all the time. Mm-hmm. And as an antidote for that, he created a machine that sucked light away and let you slip into this really blissful dream state to rejuvenate. And of course it all goes terribly wrong. And many years later, uh, the world is, completely dark and everyone's forgotten that there ever was a sun. Oh no. And so, (laughs) and then, oh, this sort of nefarious mayor springs up who's sort of capitalizing on it. And, uh, and, um, they grow a lot of mushrooms. That's sort of the basic. Uh We had all this scientific research about Uh like, what, what, what can you grow and live on in the dark? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we have a six-year-old girl, and the idea was to add to a canon of stories where uh, a young girl could be the heroine of nice. the story. And partly, um, for me, you know, I, I love, I really do love, like, action, um, I mean, superhero movies. It feels really great when, you know, the bad guy yeah. gets beat. And, and, but I also feel like, there really is a kind of shortage of characters that defeat um, the sort of forces of, of darkness, if that's what we want to call them for these purposes, only through brawn. And I just, I really, really wanted to have a story where um, it's it's this little girl's insatiable curiosity and her insistence on ans- asking questions. And when everyone tells her, well, that's just how it is, that that's just not good enough for her. And she just keeps digging and digging and digging and then she finds all these strange objects that that tell of a world that where you know why would you have glasses you know sunglasses why would you have there's all these sort of uh, clues that she kind of finds and she just has more tenacity and curiosity and youthful rebellion to kind of force her force her to go go through with with uncovering the truth and so it was sort of my my goal to kind of have a um, a story for my daughter especially at the sort of you know, pivotal years where she's kind of growing up and 
I think it's really easy for kids to feel like they're not important and they can't contribute and, um, and really, um, I, I just, I really believe that if you instill a sense of responsibility and a sense of like, we can fix the problems that we're facing in kids at a young age, we'll have a better shot at least, uh, with the next generation. Absolutely. Uh, very timely. Well said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, that leads us to the, um, to the latest project, right? Which is, well, I think that first of all, we should, we should point out that you all are the, I would say like the, the who or the Pink Floyd of the, uh, the kids music <laughs> movement, kids drama movement. Cause you're bringing back something called, well, the concept album. So this latest, I would love to hear about this new project and the music that goes along with it. And like the thought that you put into it. I mean, it's, it's really incredible and cool. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for that, because that's, you know, what we really wanted to do. You know, <laughs> we're living in the age of streaming. We're living in the age of, you know, things that are curated with algorithms and stuff like that, where the idea of telling a narrative with the music or, or you know, following an album all the way through from beginning to end and, and having a journey with the music is just not something that people are really doing <laughs> right and uh there's you know the, you know you talk to the music industry people and they're like well you can't do that you're not you know you're not allowed to do that and nobody's doing that that's stupid um but of course we love it like right. I, I love the who and, and you know pig floyd and those are great albums and i will listen to them from the beginning to the end and as a kid i did over and over and over again sure yeah and, you know that's i grew up you know listening to, to even kids albums and i wanted the story you know right so uh a couple of years ago, and, and you know, full disclosure, I'm not like an amazing musician. I've, I've played guitar, you know, since I was a teen, but I'm I'm really a basic guitar player. So I was like, hey, I want to do, you know, Tammy. It was another one of those board in the loft moments. I'm like, I want to do a song cycle of Jack and the Beanstalk, you know, and see if I can do it. <laughs> so I wrote like two songs, and I was like, I I feel really great about these two songs, and I'm done musically. Like I don't have anything more to give <laughs> musically. <laughs> now you know yeah. and so it sat there for a couple of years and finally tammy was like i love those two songs and i'm so like annoyed with you that you haven't finished this <laughs> so here's what i'm gonna do right i was said, like okay said very lovingly very yeah, lovingly <laughs> nicest possible way so uh she's great at this she she said i ha have a, a a buddy who's a, a friend of a friend who came and helped me write a song for my sister for the holidays once or for her birthday and He's great, you know. He he can really like. He's a sort of a composer and a, a great bassist, and maybe he can help us. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, got in touch with him, and his name is Jacob Silver, and he lives here in Williamsburg, and he's got his own recording studio, and he plays bass for major acts, and he is just the nicest guy yeah, in the world. He's amazing. He's uh -huh. also from California, and uh, we just clicked. You know, I said, hey, I want to make uh, this story of Jack and the Beanstalk, but it's going to be like with a twist. I hope. And, you know, my roots, I grew up listening to like Pete Seeger and Arlo Guthrie. He's like, oh, yeah, I've played with those guys. <laughs> oh, jeez, like, That's what? amazing. Yeah. You're like, OK, Ringer. Got you. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> blew my mind. And he's younger than I am. You know, I'm like, uh -huh. oh, my God. Uh, so he he and I like were definitely thinking in the same musical palette. And uh -huh. he listened to my two songs and he was like, I get it. I, I can see what this could be. And I have a bunch of like really really gifted you know indie folk just Brooklyn uh musician. yeah superstar yeah. yeah who i hang around with and they're all gonna play on this album 
and we're going to make it. It's going to be a thing. So uh, I was like, okay, well, let's see, you know. And then we started making some stuff, and I realized right away, like, this was just going to be way better than I <laughs> – <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's it just to just to jump in here it sounds really good and it's yeah. definitely really well produced it's like pristine so it, it's yeah. it's uh it came through your your vision came to fruition but also i think that in some ways um it's interesting when the process of something can in some ways also reflect the message of of the music and i think you know in a way, we wanted to update the story of Jack and the Beanstalk, and uh, in the original, Jack steals the giant stuff and 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 he sort of wins the day that way. Um, and we wanted a slightly different twist on things. We kind of were hoping for a you know money can't buy you love sort of idea, and yeah. he he ends up. Um, we gave the giant a daughter named Harmony, and Jack steals her heart, <laughs> and so he gets you know he gets yeah. he best the giant by stealing his most important thing. The giant didn't even realize that she was the most valuable thing to him sort of idea. Yeah. Um, but in, but that theme of just like, um, you're better together that somehow, you know, Jack, Jack isn't really brave enough and she's not really brave enough to kind of, um, go pursue their dreams. But when they meet, um, they're better together. And I think that what was so fun about this album is like, we were so much better together with this group yeah. of musicians yeah. that, you know, in the making of it, our ideas were sort of elevated and that, you know, this notion that somehow, um, you know, when you, when you find the right group of people and when you're able to collaborate successfully, um, you know, really, really amazing things can happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. One of the incredible things is the, the, you know, Jacob and, uh, his, his buddy, Robin McMillan, who makes the album, um, they've worked together for, you know, most of their lives. They met in high school and they had an incredible rapport. Robin does all the percussion on the album. Uh -huh. Jake, Jake does the bass stuff and some other things. Um, but, but they brought that whole history of working together to our project and they were fully committed to this thing. I mean, they make some really, really serious grown up cool stuff <laughs> and, uh, they and they don't have kids, but they were so into what we were making, and they made it happen in a way that you know. As I said, like musically, I was never going to go to the places that the album ends up going to uh, without that, and so that was just thrilling. And then you know we got in right into the middle of it where Jack goes at the beanstalk, and I was trying to write this song where like Jack meets the giant's wife, which is the classic moment in the story. Mm -hmm. And it just kept coming out like really, really weird. It was like, what you know, he's like this kind of young, you know, guy and this, you know, older woman. And it was like just going off in this totally weird direction. <laughs> and uh, we had to do something. And, and you know, Tammy like kind of solved it for us. She was like, I just don't feel like it should be his his wife, you know. And I was like, well, what if it's his daughter? And she's like, yeah, that's way better. And once we had that, it was like, oh, my God, that's it. That's, a, that's the, the twist that we need to make the thing. But we totally didn't know that going in. And it could have completely derailed, you know, you know the yeah. project was like, wow, what do we do with this? Because it actually is a weird story. It, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk is kind of a weird, oh, no you know, yeah. look what happens. It's kind of weird. <laughs> well, I, this is a great example, though, for like young, young kids who, who, or who are listening to this, like, 
we think we have the idea, right? Like we think we know what's going on, but it feels weird and it feels weird. And we can't like sort of get over that, that hump by ourselves. So like the importance of collaboration and, and yeah. working with someone that you trust and sort of taking the, uh, the idea that like, I can do this by myself. Like I can do this all by myself, like taking yeah. that and being like, well, there's someone that I work with very closely that I trust who has the right instincts to, to push it in a different direction. And you were willing to, to be open to that idea. And it, sort of opened the whole thing up for you. And I also like the idea that, you know, it's an adaptation that we tried to make relevant for ourselves and for our sets of values. Uh-huh. And I think that it's exciting for kids to um, be exposed to many different versions of the same story in a way, you know, because there's something really useful about um, knowing that there there can be adaptations of things and that you have permission to take you know, classic tales and make them relevant for you. That in fact, like interpreting something is a really creative act. Yeah, definitely. That's great. So this, uh, this whole production, right? The music and the stage show that there's a, you all, I, I, I don't know the right uh, terminology. So forgive me for this, but you all have a run coming up in February, I think. Is that right? Well, here's the, here's the reality. Okay. okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So- the crazy thing is an album is a lot of work. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, absolutely. That, right. We're not just talking uh, about that. Yeah, no, it's just an incredible amount of work. And then you finish it. And then there's a huge amount of work after that that you don't even know about if you've never done it before. Mm-hmm. So there was that. And then now, you know, we've, we've been playing concerts and, and we're really eager to be like, OK, what's that next level where it's it's a concert and, and uh, a show? Mm-hmm. Um but that's going to take, in a way, it's going to take a similar amount of creative interpretation because it's a totally, it's a slightly different mode to be a live show. And I wasn't really thinking of that when we wrote the album. So there's a bunch of maybe gaps and things. Um, so we're going to develop the piece as a theatrical show. But I think the reality is it may take some time. Well, oh, okay. we stumbled across another group of collaborators. But we that found we, the right people. Yeah, we got, <laughs> we, we met these people who run something called Puppet Kitchen and they are the um, puppet design team behind the Hungry Caterpillar, uh, which just most beautiful puppets. They're really, really exciting team. And so um, we uh, invited them on board to create the visuals with us for Beanstalk Jack. Uh-huh. And as the process has unfolded, um, we've realized we just need more time. So we're postponing our February shows, um, oh, okay. but we're actually really excited about it because um, we're going to be working with Puppet Kitchen, who, um, I mean, if people want to go check them out, like they've done Sesame Street and they've built stuff for, you know, all kinds of amazing shows, Imagine Ocean. Um, so we're kind of um, slowing it down a little bit because uh, kind of like with the album, we sort of met this this team of people that we feel are going to take it to the yeah. finish line in a way that we didn't really imagine it going before, and we want to we want to ride that train all the way to the end. Right. So um, so it's it's we're going to postpone our February shows and give ourselves some time to really work uh, to fully flesh this out with Puppet right. Kitchen. Like a, a yeah, no- I mean in a way what we've right. earned. Go ahead. Sorry, Tom. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say it's another good lesson, right? Well, like do you've put your heart and soul into this music and now like rather than rush out something you want to do it carefully and great and the right way yeah yeah and you know that is uh there's a huge appetite you know when you know if you have the weird brains that we have to try to just put put work on you know put it on the board quickly 
Mm-hmm. There's a huge appetite for that. But what we've really learned over, you know, ASOC's Fables and Light um, is that you have to actually, you have to be really urgent about creative work and also patient. And that's such a weird balance to strike right. because it has to be, it has to be like uh, something that keeps you up at night and gets you up in the morning for sure. But mm-hmm. then you can't be in a hurry. You know, there's like, it's, it's like if I was hassling Robin on the mix of the album every, every day, I wouldn't have gotten the results that I got. I had to wait for him to do the work that he was doing and trust that he was doing it, you know? Right. Uh, so with, so with the stage show, we were kind of, you know, our, our foot was on the gas pedal a little bit. And, but we've also just realized like, we don't need to be in a hurry. I mean, the album is just starting to get out there. You know, now we have a whole nother cool work to do, but we should probably give it as much time and care and feeding as we gave the album. So we do have a couple of stage um, shows of just the band. So we'll be playing the music. Yeah. Oh, cool. But um, yeah, which is which is great. We want to keep playing the music throughout the year. But we had initially thought that there would just be a few sort of visuals. It would be like a visual album. And then as we sat down with Puppet Kitchen, some of the ideas that are emerging are um, kind of exciting and really complicated. And they're... <laughs> 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 So, you know, uh, so we all looked at each other and said, we want to make this and, and uh, it's going to take more than three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Just giving your, yeah, that, just hearing that, I'm like, I'm glad you guys put, pumped the brakes a little bit. Um, so, so when does the album, is the album out? When does the album come out if it's not out yet? That kind of thing. Yeah. So, so this is also like the funny thing about music now is that you know, once it's recorded, it really anyone can listen to it. You know, right. you can put it on SoundCloud. It's like what, it, it's hard to know what it means to release an album these days. Right. right. Um, right. So you can get it. Yeah. There's, you know, you can get it in stores, but it's not officially sort of, you know, on tap until February for lots of complicated reasons. OK. Um, but but like anything else, you know, it's important for people to 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 pick it up and listen to it and give us feedback about it even before that sort of official moment. So it's out on the radio now in a bunch of places. We've had radio. This is so cool. Uh, Elizabeth sent us a thing. We've had radio play in Dubai, nice. Australia, New Orleans, you know, yeah. uh, and a guy down in Asheville, North Carolina found it early. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, it's been really exciting because that is what we want. We, 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 we sort of want this to be a rolling, you know, I don't know, a, a, a rolling train that get, gathers momentum. So yeah, people can get it now. You can find it on Bandcamp and SoundCloud and all those places. And then the sort of more official iTunes. publishing release is going to be in February. So, cool. um, and that, you know, at that point it'll be, you know, we'll try to maybe get it through the awards circuit and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Tammy and Greg, this has been amazing. And I think like, I don't know, I'll speak for myself and hopefully a lot of people listening like to, to watch you two work, I think would be like a great joy just to watch your, your creative minds go. Um, so how can we, how can we keep up with you? How can we follow you? How can we learn everything that's going on with the paper canoe company? Well, first of all, thank you so much for saying that, you know, sometimes when you're working kind of in the trenches here in Brooklyn, you can feel a, a little bit invisible. So it's really nice to hear that, you know, it's, it sounds like it's interesting for people. Yeah. Uh, I hope it is. Um, so there's a couple of different ways that we're exploring and some ways that we're already doing. So obviously the, the, the first step is, you know, the usual social media stuff. Um, we're on Facebook, paper canoe company. Um, we're on Twitter, paper canoe co, uh, we're on Instagram, 
Paper Canoe, BKNY, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, those are places that, like, you know, you can get kind of updates. Um, we've also been, like, sort of looking at the uh, the Patreon platform, uh-huh. um, starting to think about how we could maybe, you know, one of the things I was talking with Puppet Kitchen maybe about doing is once we get into the studio to start working on the creative for the show, which, you know, could could happen very in the next few weeks or, you know, certainly in the spring, um, we'd like to do some maybe live video stuff where you can just kind of watch the rehearsal and actually see the process. I think that might be super awesome. fun for, yeah. um, I mean, really we have some just extraordinarily cool creatives around us. And that's one of the advantages of being in this weird place that we are in Brooklyn is that there's just a lot of really cool, um, very, very smart, very creative people, uh, who live in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's really enabled us to, to, to do what we're doing. I mean, you know, Beanstalk Jack wouldn't have happened if Jake didn't have his own recording studio. You know, it would have been kind of prohibitive to, to try to rent the space. Right. So very much that way as we build the show, uh, we'll probably be working out of our studio loft. And uh, I would love to be able to, like, play some video and, you know, do some live video stream and have people actually watch what it's like. Building it. To stumble around yeah. in the dark not know how to make a visual and then find it, you know? Yeah, that's great. Um, I think that's really cool. That's we also, great. I mean, if we're thinking of starting something that we'll post on our website, um, papercanoecompany.com. I'm a teacher as well. Uh-huh. Um, I taught for Lincoln Center Institute in their aesthetic education program, and, um, and I'm a professor of dance. Oh. Um, and I really love um, finding ways to uh, help people enter an artwork. And I think that oftentimes people sort of treat an artwork like an apple that you look at. And you really don't understand an apple until you pick it up and you bite into it. You haven't understood an apple until, yeah, until you've eaten you, one. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that, you know, we really have a lot of work to do to kind of facilitate people biting into artworks, you know, and not just kind of passively kind of distant watching them from a distance like how can I pour my life into this how can I bring my own creative imagination to kind of co-mingle with the information I'm getting and that that there's something about um helping unlock a viewer's creativity that really changes the way we interact with artworks and and also uh I think takes viewership out of a kind of passive mode into this very creative active mode and um so I'm thinking of creating a series of, of monthly videos that um, if people are interested in subscribing to, they're, they're educational videos in the sense that they'll be kind of a craft activity for kids that, um, that uh, deal with um, how to kind of unlock a work of art, but also something where parents and kids are doing something together. And um, I think, you know, the same way that Greg talked about uh, listening to an album from beginning to end and that being something unusual in these times, um, I think that, you know, a lot of what we're trying to build is experiences for families that, that, that create an opportunity to bond and talk about things in a meaningful way. And, um, and so sometimes that takes more than three minutes, you know, right. <laughs> you know sometimes it'll be like a, like a slightly <laughs> investment of time, you know, yeah. and, and so, you know, it's a, it's a pretty, uh, radical idea to try to create uh, a series of, of, of artworks, but also um, tools, videos, activities where um, we kind of slow down and uh, spend time together as families um, uh, working on, you know, what it is to kind of 
um, uh, really dive into something as opposed to ha having a kind of surface experience. That's wow. All right. Looking forward yeah. to all of this. You guys just don't stop. Keep moving, it's moving, like moving. We we're trying to get the digital equivalent of kids shouting at the sock puppets. That's yeah, it. Right, yeah. right. Exactly. Um, don't know how to do that, but we're going to figure it out. Cool. So this is uh, just before we wrap up, uh, let's, we'll be a little bit timely. The, uh, the new Star Wars comes out today. Are you, all planning, are you all planning to see it? Of yes. Course. I've already got my tomorrow. My, we're, we're going to yes. DC this weekend. I got my stepmom teed up to babysit our kid, and Tammy and I are going to Star Wars. Date right. night. <laughs> Date night. All right, cool. Awesome. Well, I look, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll give our reviews. I'm going tonight, late night, and just because we, like, we don't want to be spoiled, right? Like, we got to see it before. No, all you got to see it this now. It's got to happen now. Yep. All right. Well, Tammy and Greg, Paper Canoe Company. This was really awesome, really cool to sort of dig into to the art that you all make and, and the impact that it has and the impact that you want it to have and you're thoughtful about it and you got a purpose and I think you guys are the best. So thank you so much for your time. Hey, we really appreciate you having us on. Totally. All right. Huge thanks to Greg and Tammy. We talked a lot. It was really, really fascinating to hear about what they do. Check out that paper canoe company and check out Beanstalk Jack. It's out now, wherever you get your music. Also, thanks to Uncle D. Had a good time talking to him about his dog baby. He's moving to Louisville. So if you're in Louisville, be friends with my brother. He's a nice person. Also, want to thank Mrs. Goodstuff, who just got back from Nashville and brought me the world's greatest candy, a goo-goo cluster. It's like she read my mind. I didn't even ask her for one, and she brought me one. Thank you. Welcome. Okay. Talk to you all very soon. For all the old episodes, www.goodstuffpod.com. Find it on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, uh, Radio Public, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow, follow me. Follow me, please. You can follow, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GoodStuffPod. And now here is Beanstalk Jack by The Paper Canoe Company. Enjoy. Talk to you soon. His mama in a little old shack Went out walking and he hasn't come back Don't you worry about Beanstalk Jack He went up, 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 up so high Up, up, up to the sky
and his mama got the empty belly blues. When luck comes calling, he can't refuse. Takes his chances in his traveling shoes. He goes up, 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 up so high, up, up, up to the sky, up, 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 don't know why. Now his head's in the clouds and he's fancy free. Peculiar as stories go. The more you learn, the less you know. If you sing along, we'll start the show. We go up, 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 up so high. Stuff.